Hello, everyone, and welcome to the General Store podcast. Uh, since we're all in quarantine, I thought it'd be nice to do a kind of side series on this podcast. Um, we're all at home doing nothing anyways, so I thought it'd be cool to just interview my friends one-on-one. Uh, I don't really know what I'm going to call this series, but uh, here it is. And for our first guest, we have my friend Nat. Hello. Am I your first guest? Uh, well, like... I kind of had a test run with Lewis that wasn't recorded, so I guess this is the first, yeah, this is going to be the first (laughs) official one. Cool. Hi. Yes. Welcome. And um, I mean, like, how do we know each other? That's a great question. Um, We have a common friend. Mm Mm-hmm. And you were childhood friends with Megan about Um, as early as it gets? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh my God, we go back. We go way back Uh, since we were like five. How do you guys know each other again through university? Yeah, so we were um, we were both at our like fifth year at Queens, and we didn't know anyone. We had the same class, and it was all like I guess people a year younger than us. And then I think I like walked up to her after class, and I was like, "Yo, I'm pretty sure I've seen you before. You're size 17. Like you're also a fifth year." And I was like, "Okay, we should be friends, basically, because I don't really know anyone here." That's awesome. That's awesome. And then when was the first time we met? I think you came to my house. Um, yes. It was a... Was that the first time? I came over to my apartment in, for like a party, like a pre or something. That was just last year, I'm pretty sure. It's only been a year. Oh, man. Honestly, it's yeah. Been- it's hard yeah. to remember the first time. But, I mean, we are here now. Welcome to the podcast. Yes. Happy to be here in quarantine series. In quarantine, We're yes. We're all in quarantine. Well, how have you been enjoying quarantine so far? It's been uh, almost three weeks now. It has been. You know what? Today was my first day out of self-isolation because I flew back from New York two weeks ago. Okay. Um, yeah, it was like it was like a hotbed there. You know, I had been working the week before, so I didn't know if I had the virus. And I kind of had like a weird cold in New York, for all I know. And I was talking about this with my friend there who... Like we we'd been exposed to people who had it, so for all we know, oh. I could I could have gotten it. I don't know. So to to be safe, um, I self isolated in my room for two weeks. I have not stepped outside yet, um, and I've been in my pajamas and robe every day while at work. <laughs> so uh, that's how quarantine is going. But I got to step outside and like touch my sister and my cousin <laughs> and my husband, have dinner for wow. the first time and feel like a human being so it's uh it's all positive from here on out that's good congratulations thank you how has the situation been um i mean essentially the same minus the fact that i I have been able to step outside uh here and there get groceries um pick up amazon packages it's not that i haven't been able to step outside it's that i just i chose not to or i'm just like so lazy and really this quarantine just gives you every excuse to completely relish in laziness. Yo, it, it really is. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> it's like almost, honestly, I do consider myself like naturally a very lazy person, you know? It's like inertia. It's like when, I, when I've when i started moving, I can get a couple of things done, but like it's that once you come home after a day of work and like, you're already back home and you've like changed into your home clothes. It's like, man, it's really hard for you to get things done. Yeah. Um, And now that you're like constantly in that state, it's just, it's just an excuse to be lazy 24 seven. It really is. Like so fucked. I literally, you're so right. You know, like there is that whole ritual of leaving your house, having to present yourself, Mm -hmm. uh, putting on clothes. And now you don't have to do any of that. And it's kind of great, but also like how you like dress and get ready <laughs> really does make an impact on your intent of the day. And because I have um, been in my pajamas for March, yeah. <laughs> like I'm just, I've just embraced like the sloth lifestyle. Although I feel like that has to change now that like I can no longer tell people that I'm only doing this because I'm in self-isolation, you know, I'm keeping my family safe. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, yeah, you've been here for more than two weeks. Like, that's not an excuse. So yeah. that that might incentivize me to step outside, which is important because I was even my boss today called me and was like, mm-hmm. 
stepped out of your room yet. <laughs> <laughs> and I yeah. was like, yeah, I took like 60 steps yesterday. And it was so wow. embarrassing. The minute I said that, it was just, it was a shock. You know, honestly, I have not, like, I have not checked my, like, steps that I should, really should take. You know, wow, I've taken 376 steps today, apparently. Where, where do you walk? Don't you live in an apartment? I do. What are you doing? Yeah. Where what are you am walking? I doing? Um, that's not, I've averaged 591 steps a day. It where may do be. Do you go outside? Uh, I haven't. I haven't gone outside in six days. The last time I went outside was last Friday. Um, it's still average, like 500 a day? I guess maybe I just walk around my house a lot. Maybe, okay, I I walk between my desk and the kitchen a ton. And you're like really tall. So your steps, technically it takes you less steps, less steps to, get to, to, to like get across a room. I don't so know. Pacing back and forth, man. Yo, okay, not even gonna lie, today I got tagged in like a Facebook video of someone doing like this badminton challenge in quarantine, like where they try to like hit a bird into like a cup, basically. Um, so I was like, how hard can this be? So I did it. And it was really hard, actually. So I walked like back and forth in my room after I hit all the birds to go pick up the birds and then go back to the spot to go hit the birds, like mm -hmm. at least... I was at this for like 20 minutes. So I, I mean, at least I did that like 15 times. So maybe that's where all the data is coming from. Um, yeah. If you did that for 20 minutes, I'm guessing you missed a lot of shots then, eh? It's, uh, yo, it's hard. It's a lot harder than it looks. I'm not, I'm not going to shame at all for anything related to birdies in badminton. Like I have no eye-hand coordination when it comes to that. I can't even see the birdie. Yo, I think it's like a source of pride because I that was actually my sport that I trained in like all of uh, high school. And I probably still consider it my best sport. That's and that's exactly why I got taken in the video and I was like, man, like it's a pride thing. It's like how hard can this shit be, you know? And it was really hard. And it was it was really hard. Did you end up getting it in the cup? I did. I did actually get getting it in the cup and then I sent the video to my friend as proof. Yeah. Uh, that was my daily accomplishment. These are the trivial things that we got to do now to keep ourselves occupied during this quarantine. That's a big accomplishment. That is an accomplishment. I would be proud of that accomplishment. Mm -hmm. I think at this point, you're just grasping for what you can get, you know? For what you can uh, get, yeah. For me, it was the 60 steps. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, that's and better than that. The ability to go hug your family, go uh, see them in person. Oh, that, that was really nice, actually. Yeah. Yeah can't downplay that i like i was like a psycho going on house party for the past three weeks um oh megan just told me about the app megan just oh you have to get on it is it what is it is it just like regular video call or oh yes and no basically i don't know the concept is like a house party like basically all of your friends are have an account and whoever is online you can just like mm -hmm. hop into their room so it's actually really funny. It's a prank that I like to play on a lot of my friends because this happened to me when I downloaded it. But mm -hmm. basically, when you first open it, um, you know, the minute you open the app, it's like you're looking at yourself in the video and you're like, okay, maybe I might like call in people, call them, give them a call, whatever. But you don't need to do that. You can literally just go into someone's room the minute they're online, unless they locked it. So a lot of times, like, when you create it, like, I didn't know that anyone that you have as a friend can just get into your room without asking. So I remember, and thank God I had like, I had it on my phone and I put my phone down mm -hmm. and I didn't know that people could do that. So I like put my phone down and then I started to like to change. And then I heard yeah. my friend go like, Matt, I can hear <laughs> you, I can see you, what are you doing? And I was like, oh my God. Oh man. Um, and that's how I figured out that you can do that. So I, I have done that too all my other friends that came on and it's really funny to see their faces and they're like, how is this happening? Which I guess I just ruined the surprise for you. But yeah, that's actually pretty useful information for me to know. It really is. So yeah, like don't yeah. open that up when you're in the bathroom. Yeah. It's cause well, I mean, honestly, it's pretty hot in my house. Like, I don't know why it just, it, my unit's pretty warm generally. So, and especially now that my roommate left, 
uh, about like two weeks ago. So I, I'm just here chilling by myself. I pretty much just wear underwear like every day. Yeah. It doesn't really yeah. matter to me. Um, but the bad thing is actually, so there's like, cause I live like above uh, like a restaurant bar essentially. So I'm only like on the second floor. Um, mm. And the window that my room faces and also the kitchen faces and the, and the window in the kitchen is huge. Um, I don't, I don't think you've actually been to my house before, but no, I have not. Yeah. Um, but the window in the kitchen is like, it's massive. It's almost like a floor to ceiling window pretty much. And like, I never, I guess because of this quarantine, everyone's home. Like I've never seen someone in the window across from me. Like, oh. I don't think I've ever seen light, like nothing. It's just always dead there. And now suddenly I like saw someone there, but the first time I saw them, I was just like in my underwear making eggs. And like, I hope they got a good view because they dropped their, um, like <laughs> they dropped their blinds. So now their blinds are like permanently closed. That's, that's, that's perfect. Okay. Because that's like, that is like the ultimate showdown when you have an apartment that faces someone else. And mm -hmm. I had a great apartment in Toronto where I never had to deal with that issue. But in New York city, like that's a given, you know? And there's like a showdown between when two people are just constantly in a window. And I, I love looking out my window and I can't help myself. Like, I know it's wrong to stare at your surroundings, but I can't help it. You know, I just like people watch all the time. Mm -hmm. And when I see all my neighbors that are literally right there across the street. I'm like, part of me is like, oh shit, they can see me. Like I should probably be more decent or whatever. But at the other part of it, I'm like, it's my house. You know, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And so I think when you're having that showdown between like, you don't want to like look at each other because that's fucking awkward, no. right? Someone <laughs> put down the blinds. If they end up putting it down first, you win because you get the sunlight, you get the view, and mm -hmm. you get the privacy. So in this case, Kevin, you won. That's true. I do love winning. Exactly. Not too many things in life I love more than winning. Exactly. Now your neighbor from across the street just has to deal with blinds down until mm -hmm. they decide that it's time for you to put yours down, and then you're going to have to decide. I. Honestly, I can't even move my blinds in the kitchen. They're like jammed <laughs> or some shit. So like the kitchen window is just gonna be open all the time. You're okay with it? Yeah. I, yeah. I totally am okay with it. It's it's just great because they still have to use the room. Like I think they've set it up so that their computer is kind of near there. So their blind isn't down all the way. It's like down to like kind of that like one foot above. The actual windowsill so like they can still get some light um but yeah they can't see me which is nice it is nice to know that uh i won i won this exchange there you go you know the little things in quarantine that make you happy it really is about the little things i mean what else what else have you been up to besides uh just watching shows and doing work being completely pathetic and uh enjoying myself doing absolutely nothing um so I have been doing a lot of thinking about what I should be doing. Do you know that? <laughs> okay. Okay. Like, you know, like doing yourself, but then also spending a lot of time trying to think about what you should do mm -hmm. with your time. Um, I have started to learn Spanish. I oh, downloaded nice. so, Yeah, okay. I was supposed to go on the Camino with Megan a month from now, basically, a month and a half in mid-May. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if I told you about this, but basically last summer I went on this amazing hike in Spain. It's like a famous Spanish trail pilgrimage. Oh, you did. Yeah. You did tell me about that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it, it was like a religious trail, but you know, it's kind of expanded to like everyone. Everyone just mm -hmm. does it. Beautiful trail. It's a beautiful experience. Um, and I convinced Megan to do it. She heard me rave about it. And you mm -hmm. know, last time when I went, none of us spoke any Spanish and we were doing the last leg of the trail where like only Spanish people walk the trail. And I remember mm -hmm. there was a super cute guy that was on the trail that the four of us were just like, wow, very attractive person. And wow. <laughs> the, we were walking next to him, literally the whole route. Like I, the mm -hmm. thing is like, when you're walking on the route, you're doing it for like a couple of days and everyone stops at the same stop. So you, you, see the people, you recognize them, you become friends with them, right? Okay. But we can talk to because we don't understand Spanish and they don't speak English. Mm -hmm. So this time around, 
I'm like, no, that's not going to happen this time around. This time around, I'm going to be able to like speak a little bit. Um, And I've actually gotten like pretty decent in my own opinion. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because that's all I kind of do in my spare time is uh, open Spanish. Yeah. So that's the one. No, I mean, that's a good idea. Like, uh, on the off chance in the, I'm sorry, not the off chance, the very likely chance that you're going to go on another religious trail in a Spanish country and you're going to have a hot guy walking with you for a few days. You can now say hi to him. Maintain basic conversation. Exactly. Basic conversation. Mm -hmm. Hot or not hot. Just to be able to say hello as opposed to like just smiling and (laughs) <laughs> like grimacing yeah. like, you reach a certain point when you can literally just like try to make some you know sign language uh until Breath. you realize that it's futile but this is actually something that i've done and that i am mm-hmm. doing but what i want to do is i feel like because of what i do because of you know the news industry but also just like society and our phones i'm like very scattered, you know, scattered mm-hmm. brain. Um, mm-hmm. I can't like ever focus on one thing at one time. I always have like two screens open, you know. Yes. I'm watching a show, but I'm on my phone and I'm talking to someone. I'm on house party, but I'm still like checking an app or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like I need to learn how to focus again. And I thought the way to do that might be to like do what I love, which is listen to music, but like actually just like listen. To music, to music. Like a full record, mm. you know, like Spotify. Mm-hmm. I've gotten into going to, you know, trying to hear Discover Weekly and zooming through songs mm-hmm. I like or songs I don't like and like picking and choosing and, you know, fast forwarding, whatever. But I haven't really had like the full record experience in a long time where I listen to an album start to finish without mm-hmm. doing anything else, you know, like just listening to it, um, which is something that I used to love doing. So, that's something that I have plans to do, but I haven't done it yet. I, ch- I started, actually. I started, I started with uh, Frank Ocean this weekend. Oh, which album? Distracted. <laughs> Channel yeah. Orange. And then Channel I got Orange? Okay. No, I think, I mean, I think that's a great idea. To, yeah. to be fair, I mean, it, yeah, artists put out albums intending for them to be listened in that order right and and no matter if it's a good album or a bad album like it's it's the artist's creative choice and like as a listener i would like to respect that um obviously it's hard to like every single song in an album even if they flow well but that's actually good i i definitely i want to do that more as well i actually i went through um the blueprint so i I never really listened to jay-z that much oh yeah just i don't know for some reason i just don't like his flow as much as other rappers but like i mean the blueprint is just so critically acclaimed and it's produced by kanye west so i was like might as well and it was actually it was super good like i definitely need to go through more of his discography now so this it i'm glad i did it because it opened up even more doors to more albums that i want to listen to yeah i think no i think that's a great quarantine activity if there's any time to discover music like this is a good time yeah, and you know, like if there's any time to like be like, well, shit, I have nothing better to do, so I might as well just listen to it from start to finish the way that it was mm-hmm. listened to, and then I can decide whether or not I like it or, you know, understand how it makes me feel as opposed to what I'm used to doing, which is like kind of listening to songs, coming through it. You know, we have a mm-hmm. million other options, so if I don't like it, just move on, whatever. Um, and I feel like a lot of times you can like miss parts of music or the way that they make you feel when you're in that zone we're really like listening yeah so that, I, that's something i'd like to get more into but i haven't really done it yet <laughs> so okay yeah, it's quarantine albums that i would like to go through but i haven't i haven't done it yet so i'll have to start doing that yeah this quarantine isn't going away anytime soon so don't worry you'll get you, you stuff really what are you doing yeah. on your spare time or regular time well i don't know i think it's 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 more of the same like you said it's i think we're just so used to being stimulated all the time like with screens yeah like when i watch a show i'm also kind of like 50 percent on my phone i can never have just like do one thing so 
I am hoping as well that like this quarantine teaches me about just like being present with yourself. And it's almost like not to take this, like you can call it loneliness or you can call it isolation. Yeah. Um, but really, like you said, like I, we're both introverts. So obviously this is extreme introvertedness, but it's still, it's like an opportunity to try to be more mindful of how you actually live your life. And I think for me, that's going back to like, I think a lot of my hobbies involve creating things. Uh, mm -hmm. Like growing up, I just like drew a lot. Uh, I mean, oh, now yeah. it's, sorry? I didn't know that you like to draw. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, I think with all my other hobbies, like sports came after, music came after, my first kind of hobby was always art. Uh, and I still love to draw now. So I've definitely been trying to draw more. Nice. Um, I've been trying to read more, which is kind of working. It's yeah. with this whole, yeah, like we're so used to instant validation, like instant gratification. So yeah. reading a book that's like several hundred pages that takes a long time to read and it's not like visually satisfying like a show or something. It's just, it gets harder and harder to do, you know? What are you reading? So right now I'm reading uh, Walden. It's by um, Henry David Thoreau. What's it about? So he is, um, is was a writer <laughs> back in the 1800s. Okay. And he decided to, actually it's kind of relevant. He decided to self-isolate kind of in our situation as well. Not like total self-isolation, but he decided to go out um, kind of to the middle of nowhere, build his own house on a pond and kind of live um, only within his means. And he worked one day a week and he rested six days. And basically it's just while he was there for two years, this is his collection of experiences or thoughts on different things. Um, so that's, yeah, that's kind of what it's about. Um, but it's cool. It's, it's like a sobering opinion on things that um, like he talks about his neighbors. He talks about um, like social systems. He talks about economics. Um, and I guess with his kind of like um, bare end living, like only live with what you need kind of style, he um, takes that philosophy into these concepts, essentially. Um, and he just gives his thoughts on them. So it's cool. Um, of all things that you could be reading, why? Mm -hmm one specifically right now why this yes well okay to, to start i've been reading this book for like a year it takes me so long to finish books yeah i, I get that <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i really only made big progress in this book uh right. i took a trip to australia about uh like a month yes. two months ago um right before all this uh like the whole lockdown stuff happened so actually like the most i've read in that book was while on the plane there. Okay. Um, but I don't know. I think it's just, I'm very interested in kind of just people's thought processes, like how people of different backgrounds and people with different power levels and how they just approach these topics. I don't want to say philosophy because that's kind of, mm, it's like generalized into how people think, period. But I don't want just to know how people think. I want to know more how how people's thought processes relate to their, um, like their views on I don't know, just like systems, like the systems we have in place right now. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I think. Uh, What's your take on who this guy is from what you've read so far? Hmm. It's hard. I think he's just like a very matter of fact dude. Like he does relish in his own isolation. Um, yeah. And the book, it almost makes it seem like he's he's just uber aware of everything that's going on around him because he chooses to be. Like, because he took that opportunity to actually slow down and think about everything that's going on around him instead mm -hmm. of, like you said, like, we are so used to distractions you know like stimulus and when you kind of simplify life down to its basic necessity um it just i think it it really 
makes you focus on yourself and self-preservation. And I think that's what he wants to stress in this book. Hmm. Interesting. I might have to look into it. I think it's, um, it's not like the most exciting book to read, but it's cool. I like it. I definitely recommend it. Yeah. I yeah. actually haven't, I haven't read since I got back, to be honest. I was reading well, David Sedaris, a book by him when I was in New York. Um, which is great. It's like a book of like personal essays. Mm -hmm. um, he's like a very clever writer and he's a really good voice. Mm -hmm. But I haven't read anything since I got back. I didn't bring my books with me either. I do love reading. So I feel like I should get back into that. Do you feel like, because you know, your job is to write. Yeah. Um, do you find that reading helps you become a better writer? I think that I have always loved reading. So I'm kind of, it's funny because you're talking about like art and it's a long winded answer, but you're talking about mm -hmm. art and how it's something you're really passionate about, right? Like drawing things, mm -hmm. even, like visual arts. Um, mm -hmm. I have never been much of an artist, but I've always been, I've always loved books. I've always loved reading. And, and for me, like I get a lot of pleasure out of, you know, certain chapters or phrases or mm -hmm. authors who are eloquent and are able to, you know, put to the pen, um, their visions of the world, their feelings, um, in a way that, you know, either I resonate with or, you know, have a perspective that I never thought of. And I'm like, mm -hmm. wow, that's pretty cool. Um, but I feel like because of my job, which is like reading news 24 seven and never really getting a reprieve from it and writing um, and analyzing. I feel like when I come home and I'm exhausted, my go-to is to do anything, but you know, it's funny, like even podcasts, mm -hmm. you know, everyone, everyone's obsessed with podcasts. People are always like, are you listening to this, that, whatever. And I actually don't because I just get overstimulated by news because of what I do. Mm -hmm. So when I'm not working, I like to do something that's so completely different. But what I've realized lately is that I actually really miss reading for the sake of reading, you know, like not for the sake of like news, um, mm -hmm. especially nonfiction, you know, things yeah. that I used to really enjoy and that has no benefit to my work um, or to my knowledge about what I report on, but mm -hmm. read for the sake of reading, you know, to, to read for the sake of pure enjoyment. Um, and that's something that I, I used to love doing, you know, and I used to love writing too, actually, you know, nonfiction and I don't know, my own stories or thoughts or whatever. And I kind of just stopped doing that ever since I became a journalist because I was writing all the time. And it yeah. was my job. And I don't know, I'd, like I just had this, not epiphany, but like this realization that I kind of miss that. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I actually just finished a book that I had been working on for five years, which is Lame Is. Oh. Um, I've <laughs> literally been trying to finish it for five years. And I was like mm -hmm. bawling when I like finished it. A, because I just like, I love the way that Victor Hugo writes, but. Second of all, because I love that story and and it was like the first book that I really finished. And to be honest, I like hadn't really read in the past five years because I think I was yeah. stuck on the book. And for me, it was like a matter of finishing that before I like moved on and invested myself into another book. And I just never mm -hmm. saw managed to. That's fair. And to do it. And so when I finished it, I was like, wow, this is great. And it made me really excited to like explore other mm -hmm. Um, and in a way, I think that it, it kind of all comes back in a circle in that it actually does kind of relate to my work because while I do a lot of like breaking news, um, you know, just regular reporting where there, it's a little formulaic, doesn't really require, you know, like smart writing or like too much thinking in terms of creative writing. Mm -hmm. um, that was something I wanted to get more into with like features that I was writing. Um, okay. with profiles of people. And I never really developed that in this job. And 
you know, I think that's something that I'd like to start doing again. And I get inspired by that when I'm reading mm -hmm. really good novels with people whose voices I admire. Um, so yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> like it's, it's weird because although it's not visual arts, it's like writing is still a form of art to, to, to put down words or to articulate words that someone can relate to it or someone can visualize it or someone can, you know, just read it and enjoy it. That's still an art, right? And no matter how much you love it, I've always thought that like you could start out and you think your job is the most perfect job for you. Like this is the one thing that you are most passionate about the whole, if you find something you love, you'll never work a day in your life type of shit. But once you put in 40, 50 hours of that and it becomes like a financial source for you, I think it's hard for anyone, no matter how passionate they are to like love their work. You know, it's work is still going to be work no matter what you do. And it's like, it's unfortunate that at least I can't speak for everyone, but really I did think at one point that like my, I don't know, it's kind of dumb now to say, but like my existence is kind of like going to be based on my career. Like it's such an important thing, which it totally is. Like you're still doing this for 40 hours a week, but it was going to be this like almighty means to an end. Like I'm going to find my perfect career and I'm going to love it. And like, this is going to be my life. You know, that was like what high school me thought. And it's just, it's unfortunate that once you start it and once you come to this realization that like a job is going to be a job, you can like your job, but you're not going to be like jumping to go to your job every morning type of thing. That it's just, it's unfortunate when it also like crosses paths to their hobbies, you know, that you did yeah. really did think that you're going to find a job that you love. Um, but at the same time, it might kind of take away from something else that you might have really loved as well. Yeah, I think I think I'm still growing in this job to be honest. I've only really done it for like two and a half years. And I love mm -hmm. it. You know, it's one mm -hmm. of those things where I couldn't imagine myself doing anything else. Um and it it's so stressful, but I don't really feel the stress in a negative way because I love what I'm doing. But you're right, like it does cross into what I also love, which is like writing. That's mm -hmm. like writing and not, you know, under pressure or deadline or competition or getting paid for it. Um, yeah. And I feel like once I got the job, whenever I was out of it, I almost needed to like rebel against not the job. The job. You know, like I needed, I need there to be like a clear difference between my job and yeah. rest time. You know, yes. So if I wasn't writing, yes. or I wasn't reporting, or I wasn't interviewing, I don't want to hear or do or like anything associated with that whatsoever. Um, but I, you know, I'm starting to realize that it's not so clear cut, right? Like, you, you know, maybe I want to stay away from Twitter and not read breaking news all the time or watch Trump media pressers all the time. But it's gonna be frustrating. Where you can relax by picking up a good old classic that. Mm -hmm. Has no relevance to your job <laughs> yeah i definitely feel that like yeah. it's it's the whole yeah like you really want to separate your work from your recreation and like i mean i can speak for myself in a different way it's almost like before i started my job now um like in financial because now it's kind of like i have a dress code not a, like a hard dress code, but it's like you got to show up to work with like a shirt oh, and some pants yeah. and yeah. like look nice, you know? <laughs> so it's almost like now that because I wear business casual, business formal type stuff to work, yeah, when yeah. I go home and then now I have to dress to like do something else or hang with my friends, it's almost like I rebel against like work fashion. Like I try to dress like as casual as possible, you know? It's like I just dress down so much. Whereas oh before, God. that's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. So even though I don't work in finance, mm -hmm. per se, I report on finance. Yeah. Right? So my office is in the financial district. Um, and mm -hmm. I remember when I was back in Toronto, like a few years ago, I used to dress. I had like a phase where I went through like a whole business chic phase. And I mm -hmm. loved the blazers. Yeah. And yeah. 
really put together. Um, and I actually loved walking through like financial district because I thought there were some parts of it that were beautiful. Like, you mm-hmm. know, when you kind of live in the suburbs and you're not from, you're, at, you're not from Toronto, but like I've, no. I've grown up in the suburbs my whole life and like you go downtown, it's exciting. It's not like you don't see it every day. So I always thought that was like the heart of downtown and I used to love walking through it. And fast forward to like working there for two years, I have completely felt the need to rebel like you. When I'm, when I'm off work, I refuse to walk through the financial district. I'm not going to mm-hmm. eat anywhere near there. <laughs> I'm not trying to hang out at any bars around that area that I would have to go to for work. And mm-hmm. when I'm off work, I like pull out all the things in my wardrobe that is so inappropriate for work. Whether it's like really ugly pair of jeans or like a crop top or like something that you just cannot get away with wearing yes. at work. Yes. And I try to take liberties at work. I, yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, I, I really like to think of myself as someone who like tries to push the boundaries of what's business casual and what isn't. Exactly. You know? Um, I'm just honestly, <laughs> I'm tired of dudes that wear a button up shirt and some dress pants it's like that's 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 the outfit like that is that's what every guy wears and not not to like say there's anything wrong with that because it looks good and and that's totally fine but like i'm not trying to wear the same thing in different colors every day for the rest of my life you know exactly yeah so when you're like when you're out of that environment Mm -hmm. you just got to go like 360 yeah you're unrecognizable like if someone saw you on the street, they'd be like, Kevin, is that you? <laughs> uh, that's that's the vibe that I'm trying to go for. <laughs> I would honestly, I wouldn't even be, I would not be offended. Like if I could pull off an outfit that is so different from work that someone won't even recognize my fashion, that might be a compliment. It's totally a compliment. Yeah. Literally my goal every time, it's the weekend. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, now that's, uh, we're living that dream, baby, every day in quarantine. Um, <laughs> yeah this is as non-formal as it gets oh yeah it's so funny because because there are all these like memes talking mm-hmm. about how your boss is trying to put you on video conference and you're like literally haven't showered for seven days wearing like a robe and god knows what and you're just like yeah that's, that's not happening yeah. that's really that's kind of why i'm like hey keb is this an audio podcast or like is it oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's I'm okay. a, I'm in my robe, um, yeah. and it's funny. You respect the quarantine. Yeah, you have to respect the quarantine. I mean, it's disrespectful, really, to ask someone to go on video. Mm-hmm. But if you go on house party, you almost feel like a family with everyone because everyone just looks so ugly. I think everyone looks in their natural state. Ugly is a strong word. Uh, everyone looks, you know, beautiful, but just in their natural state. In their That's natural state. <laughs> I was like, I saw this other meme too that like, I think guys are just itching for like haircuts right now because I think like a lot of guys get their haircut every like two three weeks like pretty often. That's true. Um, and so many dudes are itching for a haircut. Oh yeah. And this is my one time to shine because I I, uh, I can cut my own hair. Like I've been cutting my own hair for like five years now. Are you serious? Um, yeah, I cut my own hair. So how do you do that? Uh it was just mostly bravery the first time. Uh where did I, it come from though? Were you like did you just wake up one day and go like, I'm gonna try this out? I was walking through Shopper's Drug Mart in Kingston and yeah. I saw that they had clippers on sale for like twenty-five bucks maybe. And then I thought to myself, I pay like okay, and I go to the the when I used to go to the barber in Kingston because my, my mom cut my hair growing up. Um, and the first time I went to barber was in Kingston. I didn't, I didn't really know how much barber was. Yeah. So I went to like the cheapest one and it was like $10 and I was like, holy shit, it costs like $10 plus tip to cut my hair. Like it's not that hard. I'm just getting like a fade kind of, you know? So I saw that there were clippers on sale at shoppers for like 25 bucks. And I was like, this is essentially two haircuts. Like I can buy this, I can try it out for the price of like two haircuts. And if it doesn't work, then that's too bad. And 
I remember like the first time I cut my hair is yeah, like I just like did in the mirror, maybe looked at some YouTube tutorials before. I use like the front facing camera of my phone and then I like hold it behind so I can see like if I look in the mirror in the front and then the front facing camera, it's like a double mirror kind of. It works. Um well, but, you're like crazy talented. I'm going to I, right now to look at your hair. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I think it's not bad. I think I've like gotten used to cutting this style of hair. Um, but it took me like, I swear, like two hours the first time I cut my hair. Um, actually, uh, when I lived with Kings or lived in Kingston, I cut Lewis's hair for him. What? And then I cut a couple people's hairs on exchange when I like lived on the floor there. And okay. This is a, okay, real story, real flex story that I don't think I've told many people, but Ooh, because I just remembered it. I was working out at Queens, I think in fourth year. And after my workout, like I changed, I was in like the lobby of our gym. And then this guy came up to me and he was like, yo, I saw you like working out in there. And I was like, cool. Like, do I know you? He's like, no, no, no. Like, we don't really know each other. But like, I just have to ask, like, where do you get your hair cut, man? He was like this Asian guy, and he's like, "Oh, it's so hard to find like a place that cuts like Asian hair correctly in Kingston." And I was like, "I'm gonna be honest with you, like I cut my own hair." And this that dude was so shook. That and then is awesome. It was actually I felt it's like the warm feeling inside. You're like, mm, like someone approves of my work, you know? Gassed you up. There's like no better feeling than getting gassed up. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Um, yeah. But that came in super handy now that no one can get their hair cut. And I uh, just cut my hair last weekend. Damn. Maybe I should do that. Like, I literally have nothing to lose. Yeah, at this point, you might not even see the public eye for, like, three, four more months. So, Yo, I'm like a little Because I am kind of counting on that, you know? And it's funny because... I am still carrying on with my job like normal, except mm -hmm. everything is over phone. So I'm still doing interviews every day. I'm like putting on my professional voice, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it definitely is one. Was like, it's so funny hearing you during the day because like you sound so professional and then, you know, you have your photo online and it looks so professional. And then I mm -hmm. see, I know what you look like when you're doing these videos and you're literally like, you look like a 10 year old with your like <laughs> move robe and dirty hair <laughs> just like on the phone looking like you're about to pass out because you're like so <laughs> bored and shifty and i'm like yes that's exactly the look i'm going for but i'm really worried because you know we still have kind of the tv series running um mm -hmm. and every now and then you get asked to go on tv depending on what story you write and you can never really prepare for it because you don't know when you're going to be asked so i feel like if that ever does happen mm -hmm. I'm going to have to bullshit. I'm going to have to be like, I don't have access to a webcam. <laughs> oh, oh, like, yeah. So it'd be over webcam. Yeah, it'd be over webcam. I see. It would be I rough. Thought... Like, I okay. just don't have another way out. The only other alternative is, like, trying to look presentable, you know. But that just sounds like a lot more work. Yeah. I was going to say, at least it's the top up. But really, it, it's, it's the no, top no. up that needs the work. You don't need to put makeup on uh, your lower half. You don't. I really don't. No. Um, yeah, that just doesn't sound like a thing I'd want to do right now. So okay, I think, honestly, like for me, when I look at myself on the video cam, I don't know. I think it's like low resolution enough. And <laughs> uh, I think I look okay. I think I look normal enough. I'm kind of into it though, because I feel like because everyone's in their natural state. Mm hmm. Like it doesn't really look different, you know? No. And I and I definitely had my video turned off for like the first week. Um, I don't know. It's just like because when I when I took it at the office, uh, it's usually I would take like a like a video call or like a call like that if I don't actually have to talk at a meeting. Uh so I always just got used to turning off my video. But now that I'm at home, like I just always keep my video off. And then my boss one day, because we have um kind of like our team meeting at 9 a.m. every day. And she was like, yo, like, I think we should. Okay, well, she didn't say yo. I said yo. <laughs> she was like, I think we should, uh, like, turn on our videos because we don't actually see each other anymore. Like, we're all just home. 
and I think it'd be like good for the team. I mean, when your boss says it, I'm not going to say no. So I've had to start turning on my video now. It's like when um, profs ask all the students to turn on their videos when they're calling into class. Yeah, that would just piss me off so much. I, I understand it from prof's perspective, though, because if like I'm teaching an online lecture and I see like 50 people have their cameras off, I'm literally going to assume they're not there. <laughs> so. I feel like everyone should know, like, this is a time when we are just in our natural state. You know, some people hmm. are living their best lives just wearing their pajamas or nothing, and they should be they should be able to do that without having to like put on the look like like you're going to work because the reality is you're not you know we are living in this weird reality and embrace it it on it just really is a weird reality we live in right now like it is it is and the and thing about it is like it just we do we live in a bubble in north america um and it like the wave of actual pandemic didn't really hit us until like like yeah you said like that 24 hour period where so much shit happened three weeks ago and then suddenly everyone's like oh wait holy shit like this is a thing you know and then yeah. we all get sent to work from home like two days after that everything just moved so fast and it's like oh shit here we are here's the thing it's i've thought about it this way so say at the beginning of february or halfway through january the US and Canada, or just internationally, let's say, we implement like a ban on all international in all international travel for like two weeks or something, right? Mm -hmm. Back then, in February, everyone would have been outraged. Like this would have been not okay. Even when the NBA was shutting down and shit, like people were so mad about that. And how can this virus do that to us? Like it's it's just the virus, whatever. Yeah. But I think if they were able to, you know, have a crystal ball and, and look in the future and see the future that we live in now. I think we all would have been on board back then. So it's yeah. hard to say. It's, it's, mean, it's a lot easier to judge in retrospect. People are still saying that, though. Like, that's a scary mm -hmm. thing is that I personally know people that are still saying that it's too extreme, that the cure is going to be worse than the problem. That maybe the old people should just sacrifice themselves, save the economy. <laughs> uh, no, honestly, like the United States was fucking calling this a hoax in the beginning of March, right? Like oh. calling it a hoax, right? And then yeah, now, like he's completely switched his tone. Like he, so now he's trying to tell people that they could have had two million deaths. The mm -hmm. United States government came in here and did all this great work to prevent it. So instead of 2 million, it's only going to be 100,000 to 200,000 from literally the beginning of the month when like, this could be a hoax from the Democrats, whatever. Like, And I'm talking to so many people that are going to lose so much money because of this virus who were calling it like a hoax as little as two weeks ago. I had this one guy that was like thinking I'm an idiot reporter and was like, I'm going to lifetime. And follow it and you write it like this is a story that no one else is writing really get on it you know the story about how do they really need to go out and do all these things right now like the amounts of economic consequences that are going to come from these you know overreactive policies mm -hmm. so much worse than the amount of people that are actually dying you know they're reporting all these numbers but i don't know anyone who has a career i don't know anyone anyone that has a coronavirus do you know anyone that has a coronavirus what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> like you literally sound so stupid right and now obviously two weeks later they, they know they look fucking stupid you know but it's also yeah. thing, like it's it almost feels inappropriate you know i think some people are like ignorant because they choose to be ignorant i think some people are just ignorant because they just and don't know any better yeah and there have been so many scenarios you know, even with my own friends, where I was really upset by how they were playing down the virus um, mm -hmm. in the beginning of March, um, especially because it kind of hit New York. And I, you know, I, I kind of yeah. felt on the ground. Um, but obviously now, like, they all understand. And a part of me, you know, sometimes just, you almost kind of want to be like, told you so. 
told you so, but also it like feels so inappropriate to do that. It's almost kind of like yeah. everyone's just confused and I get it, you know? Mm -hmm. It's hard because yeah, I do speak with like a lot of, I don't want to classify this about like politics, but I do speak mm -hmm. with like a lot of people that like to think of things like this as hoax. <laughs> um, and that just drives me fucking crazy because I know at the end of the day, it's like, it's just capital. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and unless they're dying from it, they don't really give a shit who suffers. And that's, the, I mean, like people are going to think what people are going to think. It's, it's unfortunate. Also just the wave of, of racism as well. That's hitting um, because of this virus. It, that's, I mean, that's a whole nother thing, but it's, um, yeah. yeah, definitely just very, very interesting times that we live in. That kind of played a big role as to why I left work, to be honest. Um, yeah. Because there have been like physical acts of violence against mm -hmm. Asian, even people that aren't fucking Chinese. <laughs> um, yeah. Not like, that they can tell. They can tell, right? Um, literally two blocks away from me, a Chinese woman got attacked. Oh, like, wow. it's like a police had to like step in and like arrest the perpetrator. And mm -hmm. it was. There, there have been all these stories popping up on Twitter, like journalists that I follow that are Asian. Mm -hmm. I lived in New York City for 20 plus years and never experienced it. And I initially, like, I remember in the beginning, my mom was trying to convince me to come back. And she kept saying, oh, you be careful. You're like living alone as an Asian woman there. You're a perfect target. And I was rolling my eyes. So, you know, in mm -hmm. retrospect, you could totally be like, I told you, haha. Um, <laughs> You know, I was like, you're overreacting. New York City's mm -hmm. liberal and they're not racist here. But then I started seeing these things and obviously I didn't tell my mom because yeah. I don't like <laughs> Yeah, I know what you mean. The argument or have her say yeah. she loves doing that. But I was getting worried. Like I didn't want to go outside to buy groceries because I didn't mm -hmm. know what could happen. Um and I think that's a really scary problem. Yeah. I mean we'll have to see about just the long-term implications of everything, but it's definitely, it is not looking good right now. No, but, I think it's better in Canada. Honestly, well, I do feel a little safer yeah. here. <laughs> I definitely, yeah, I would feel a lot. I, and the thing is, <laughs> I've never even been to New York, but just based on the places I've been to in the States, yeah, I, I, uh, I definitely feel safer here. So yeah, I think that just about wraps it up for us. Uh, do you have anything... Any concluding words? Anything you want to say? Um, happy quarantine. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank you. What else can you say at this point? There's like... <laughs> I don't know. But... You know. Um, yeah, it's weird. Even when you ask people, like, how are you? That's like a loaded question. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. Whenever someone asks me, like, or whenever I get in, like, a or call or something, and they're like, oh, how are you? I'm always like... Not too bad for the times we live in. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm surviving. I keep telling, like, I used to email people. My go-to thing would always be, I hope you're well. And now I'm like, yeah. sounds like a stupid thing to say. I'm just going to say, I hope you're safe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. Cool. Well, thank you for uh, coming on to my podcast. And uh, I hope you are safe as well. <laughs>